Howdy, gang. Backcountry and Barbells coming at you once again, um, hopefully, with some tips, tricks, tactics, and training advice to help you train, hunt, and live the best lives possible. Um, if you like what we're doing, let us know. Review it. Um, tap the fifth star. Um, or just tell your buddies. Whatever. Do one of them things. Jeremy, man, what's going on, dude? Oh, man. Just uh, hanging out here on a fine Sunday. Ain't nothing like, you know, last minute preparation going for the week. So I got a, uh, I had a super interesting weekend. Um, lot to talk about on what's going on in my week in my world, but this Sunday morning got off to a really, um, a really weird start. It, it speaks to, it's probably speaks to the importance of just communicating properly. Do you mind if I, uh, air some dirty laundry from my household on the podcast? Yeah, man, throw it out there. <laughs> Let's do it. I bet the people will enjoy it. Yeah, I bet they will. Um, and they'll all relate to it. Um, but the wife and I, you know, we're super busy, right? Like any other folk, you know, she's training to do this 50K um, at Deception Pass. You know, I'm getting ready for a season here. And, you know, we all got all our own little projects. And last night after our little latte art class we took, um, you know, we, <laughs> that's another story. But, you know, we're, we're sorting out what's going to happen on today the sunday the busy sunday you know church this that get a run in i want to shoot my bow and get my reps and we had this master plan lined out uh-huh and then um i come upstairs um after a quick training session i got up early so i could get my workout in and um it's raining and she goes uh me and jackie need to get 13 miles in we're gonna run in the afternoon instead of the morning and i'm like uh you know that's 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 a three-hour event you're talking about to just kind of <laughs> switch the whole plan we had yesterday. What's up? And I said, I don't know if that's going to work. You know, I got podcasting. I got a bow to shoot. I just don't know if I can accommodate you. And I walked away. And uh, then, you know, a moment later, she's downstairs with the kids kind of huffing and puffing as she's making um, unicorns in their hot chocolate um, from, uh-huh. from our latte class. And then she goes, well, I guess I'm running alone in the rain at 8 in the morning. I said, well, no, 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 no. That, that's not how this is going to work. You know, if you ask me if I can accommodate the switch, then I then 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 we might be able to work things out. But yeah, let's know, communicate. First thing in the morning, I don't like being told what to do. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and you know, because and I'm trying to be like, hey, you know, in the morning, it's you don't like surprises. Can I get my day started? But but you know, the the thoughtfulness and communicate communicating and asking rather than just telling folks, right? Sometimes like timing matters. So. Um, I just thought that was a funny little story. I obviously I, I'm going to accommodate the wife. We all know, happy wife, right. happy life. But uh, we ended up reorganizing the plan. But you know, I don't know a guy who likes rolling out of bed and being told it's all different. You're doing it. Get it done. Right? <laughs> yeah, like a few minutes of just kind of like, good morning, honey. Yeah. Can I get, can I get the sand out of my eyes? But um. <laughs> It all it all worked out, but sometimes, man, life can punch you in the face. You know what I mean? So, thought no, it was- we're always subject to changes, right? And it's just calling that last second audible, and sometimes it's hard to have a smile on the on your face. Now, Joe, are you a morning person or no? Look, I'm. It takes me. I'll tell you what I really love. I love about twelve minutes to just lay in bed and sort myself out. Like twelve can, minutes. Can I? Whatever it is, yeah. Can I think about my dream? Can you I, don't want to move that to 12 minutes, 30 seconds? <laughs> yeah, that's it. You know, just, I just like to, you know, can I simmer up for a bit? I just, you know, no one likes being, you know, 
slammed with a sandbag, you know, early. Uh, And a lot of times my demeanor in the morning will depend on, you know, how the night went. Like last night, I'll be honest, part of being a little grouchy in the morning had a lot to do with last night. The wife and I had a late night. We, we went, like I said, we went down, we went downtown and we took a, uh, we took a latte art class um, from, uh, this woman, check her out on Instagram, uh, dancing barista, dancing underscore barista. And we didn't know it at the time, but she's like a belly dancer and she teaches latte art during the day and belly dances at night. Um, cool, cool chick, fun class, but you know, you can imagine you're making lattes, um, and getting Thai food late at night. You know, so you're, you're all caffeinated up when you shouldn't be. So right. sleep, yeah. So sleep wasn't great. You know, luckily, I, luckily, I caught up on the born. I literally caught up on the entire born and raised elk season docu series last night because I couldn't freaking sleep. So not only did I drink too much caffeine and eat spicy food before bed, um, I ended up just staring at my phone into the wee hours of the night. So the the morning Which was is like the worst thing you could do before you go to <laughs> all bed. Of it. Right? I did it all. I should have just if I would have drank a fifth of 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 bourbon, I would have just had the worst you know, I would have done everything to diminish all my training for the last six weeks, but luckily I didn't go that route. <laughs> but uh, so there's a there's a way to not do it, folks. But uh, yeah, so so this morning wasn't the best for me to get the news, right? So, right. So I think that that has a lot to do with it. What about you, man? Do are you do you got like generally my mornings and evenings if I follow my routines that I know work, which is you know read a little bit, um, avoid blue light, you know don't eat two hours before bed, watch out for the water, you know do a little bit of writing in a journal before you go to bed and then you know you wake up you're awesome but if that flies off the handle and you end up you know get, having a caffeinated uh youtube binge it's not the way to go <laughs> <laughs> yeah with me i've always been a morning person but i've noticed over the years that now i kind of like that morning time and i don't know if it's cuz with my new job i it's it's more quiet mm-hmm. when i'm at the hotel and just kind of like got a little different routine when I'm not at home yeah and maybe it's traveling being in different time zones or whatever but I could usually jump up and be ready to go and uh, be fired up and always just like happy yeah so well when I when I can wake up and ease into the day with the things I like to do I'm better you know and we even had this conversation with the barista last night like around coffee like you know I really like to French press coffee, and I think it has a lot to do with the routines around it. You know, I'll grab the fresh beans, you smell them, you weigh them out, I hand grind them, you know what I mean? I put them in the press, you boil the water, you know, you, you slow pour it and let the let the stuff bloom out, you let it sit, you know, you, you ease into it, and there's no wonder it tastes better. So it's like a nice pot of chili, you sit there and baby it, you put, you know, I think there's real love you can put into it, and I think if you do that with yourself around a routine where you, you can be selfish how you start the day, I think it opens you up to just be a better person throughout, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah. And, and, and honestly, I also think, you know, not to just get right into... Or, or yeah, we can even discuss this in terms of animals and stuff. I mean, you look at look at elk and and some of these deer. I mean, we're just coming out on watching. You know, you, you watch the elk, you watch the elk rut, and they're fighting and doing their thing and screaming at each other. And now watching these blacktails do it here on Center Drive in Dupont, Washington, <laughs> where they are safe and can't, you know, whatever. Right. I take a, I'll take a five mile walk somewhere into some woods and you won't have one to be seen. But but no, but then <laughs> after they do all that stuff, you know, you got the 
you know, it seems like the big mature males eventually are going to, no matter how much they group up, they're going to need that moment of solitude to then rebuild their strength. So I think to some degree, you know, all men are going to dip in and out of that. You need, you need people, you need challenges, um, you need to work hard, but then you also need that, that solitude and, and quiet time to just refuel. I think that's everybody. Yeah, I think it is everybody too, because everybody, you know, just think about when you go on vacations, even with your, you know, when you go on a vacation with your wife, you come back, you're just both relaxed, everything's ready to go because you've had some personal time, right? Yep. And just like us on hunting, and we've talked about that at the podcast when we're all the group together, it's just having that man time. And then um, as of late, my wife has been doing a lot of lady things and I can tell a big difference in her too because she comes back excited and, you know, she hey, gets around ladies that are facing the same stuff and it's just good to hear. No, I'm pumped. Like my wife has, um, since the Ragnar run, you know, she's been, she's been taking it seriously and she's got a running partner who lives across the way and they're doing stuff and they're getting ready for the 50, 50 K. There's two, there's three of them that have been, you know, they've been, they've been taking cold plunges in the sound, running, and it's awesome. I love, to be honest, as much as it kind of pissed me off to hear that first thing in the morning, like, I like that because then selfishly I feel like, okay, now I got a little bit of ammo for when I need to make a switch in my, my elk hunting plan. But but to me, it's also fun compromise. Like, you know, I think yeah. that's a good sign that you're probably in the right marriage or right relationship that if you're willing to... If you're willing to back off on something that's important for you so they can do something important and then in the end it all works out to great time together, um, I think it's great. And you know, and selfishly, and not to not to take this podcast to a weird place, you know, the more the more active my wife has been in doing her own thing, the more active and if you read between the lines on this, the more active we've been together, if that makes any right, sense. Right, right. And and it's been really helpful. I just you know, in a way, it like busy. Busy's good if you can if you can all be on the same page with it. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But you know, the way we were talking about it here in the beginning, just those little tips to communicate. And I think when when I was a younger man, when I sat down and said, no, 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 why don't we, let's let's talk about asking about this first. You know, in my younger days, I would have said, fine, go do your run. Have fun. And that, do your run at eight in the morning by yourself. That's the way it should be, right? Then then we both would yeah. have been then we both would have been thinking about it all day, right? Without finding resolution and, and, and working it out. And then all of a sudden that one word comes out and then you both snap. <laughs> That's it. That's it. That's it. You know what I mean? Or she comes back in from her run, slams the door. You know, I've been there too. So but <laughs> <laughs> it's what you, you figure, yeah, me too. It's what you figure out as you go, right? And I think Oh, I don't and it know. takes time, dude. That's I mean, it. it's not like an overnight gig or even a two year. It's it's sometimes ten, fifteen, whatever. Oh, sometimes yeah. people are relationships are late bloomers, but I've been thinking about it. You know, I've known old Eliza Wick, now Eliza Shamanic. She did not hyphenate that thing. Um <laughs> she took the name. <laughs> That's not negotiable, folks, here. But um uh I've known her. Um, since the, you know, 2000, right. I've known her as I've known her. We've been, we've been engaged in this thing in some respect since the year 2000. That's half my life or just about half my life. Right. So, and it takes time to figure all that out, man, you know, and, um, I think, I think too often in wanting everything now, and again, this social media, phone, tech thing, bleeding into everything is as fast as all that stuff evolves and as fast as we get information, I think it also doesn't allow us to let, whether that's relationships with friends or relationships with, um, 
you know, significant others. I don't think you allow that to bloom. You know what I mean? Again, you go keep bringing it all again with this coffee conversation. Just like that's why I think a, a French press or a good chili works. You just got to have give it time to simmer. Let it bloom. Amen. Let it work itself out, you know? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So got to get out of that self, selfish state of mind, which uh, can be pretty hard, especially for more so for men. I, you know, I hate to say it, but we tend not to mature until we're about 28, 30. Yeah, I wish. I'm working. And then on we're it. like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah, I, maybe I've probably said it before on this podcast, it wasn't until around 25 I started making sound decisions, and it wasn't until 30 until those decisions got relatively consistent. And I feel like, I feel like right around now I'm, I'm, I'm reaching a peak, but still that's questionable. So yeah, I'm sure as Eliza's <laughs> listening to this podcast in the future, she's like, "You have never matured." Yeah, she'll just no, look, I'm just she'll, kidding. She'll just look at me with them sideways eyes, kind of. I know crossed. my wife would be saying the same. Yeah. Michelle would be like, "What? what? Who, are you? <laughs> Who are you fooling, sir?" <laughs> yeah, sir. But, exactly. Um, you know, but but too, I mean, I don't know. It's it's interesting. So, but but too, I also think we can be defeatists ourselves, right? I was even thinking yeah. about today, just trying to organize. You know, I wanted to get up this morning and get a little work in, and uh, things are going well. And one of the reasons I like swinging the kettlebells is there's not a lot to organize. I can remember doing some weightlifting workouts where I had to break down my boxes, work here, move that, use a squat rack, be all around, unload, load the barbell. You know, you lose a lot of reps organizing your equipment and, and changing plates and setting up the boxes and finding this and that, chalking up, but um, the kettlebell's just been great because it's a single piece of equipment. It's all about what you do. But um, today, after I finished my little kettlebell workout, I wanted to put together a um, just a quick little auxiliary set with some box jumps, and um, I went to go jump on my box, but all the kids' soccer equipment was all over it. Um, my my bow was leaning against it. I had my because I'm getting my broadheads dialed in. I took my um I took my target out to the range, so my target was there. So I missed I missed a good eight to twelve minutes just reorganizing my crap because as we're transitioning between the end of soccer season and just trying to get extra stuff in, rather than take a couple minutes to put things where they should, I was just piling them up on equipment. And then when I wanted to go use that space. Um, it wasn't available. So, um, you know, even, even just taking the time to allow your, your equipment and your routines to settle in and, and actually follow through with your own routines and setups, I think can also, can also keep you organized and happy. Uh, yeah, I agree. I, um, uh, I hate it when I come into my office and just, well, in my workout area and I have stuff all scattered and then I got to situate, situate. Cause I like to, I'm like you, I like to a nice fluent moving workout to where it's just like, yeah, but, but yeah, we all get caught up in that trap of, okay, I'll just set this down here. And what's weird is that it takes like five seconds to put it in the right spot. I know. I know, but it takes, and yet we use, lose five minutes trying to later because then you have to put it here, here, and then you go into the next thing you got to move and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, and it goes. little things that will break it up. I mean, even yesterday, soccer season ended. You know, I was a little emotional at the end of the soccer season. I got my I got my soccer team. We ended on a really interesting note. We had a tie game, two two. We were up two nothing against a team we should have dominated. Um, but then at the end, you know, trying to flop things in and get everybody playing time. You know, um, the routine, the not routines, the the matchups are different. We ended up tying the game two two. It was just. It's just a sour little game for me, the way it ended on. And um, 
as I came in, just kind of throwing soccer equipment around and not putting it away, you know. <laughs> uh, Joe, we call that throwing a fit. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's exactly what I did. And then the whole to- whole evening, the wife's like, are you really thinking about that game still? I'm like, yeah. I was like, it just as a, I, I really got into this soccer season, and I think all the right ways, just caring about it. Did I, did, did I tell you about the bracelet I got the boys? No, huh? No, so what I ended up doing, um, I was a, as you can imagine, I was a bit of a knucklehead um, in high school and college. But our um, when I when I made the varsity football team uh, junior year, uh, our coach gave us these business cards that the front just said simply "I am an Ashamini Redskin," and that kind of followed on to his theme that you know when you play football here, you represent your school, yourself, and your family, right? And uh, you should remember that in all you do, including off the football field. And it kind of kept a couple of us out of trouble, me included. And now I didn't get the kids a business card, but what I got them is I made little blue bracelets, you know, like the old, you know, like them little tchotchke bracelets, you know, like the live strong things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went on the Amazon and made blue ones that say once a spike, always a spike. Cause you know, my my little kid, my little kids are knuckleheads, right? So I told them, I was like, "Hey, you know, your parents might appreciate this more than you will, but sometimes you just need a reminder of how fun this was and how much work it was, and what can come of it when you when you just put effort in." And hopefully, this bracelet helps you do that. So I got each one of the kids one of that. But that's a great idea, dude. Man, that's awesome that you did that. The yeah, kids will never forget it either. I hope not. You know, and, and I'll, it was crazy because. I've talked about it on Instagram where it's just like I really thought I was taking a step back um, in not coaching, you know, college athletes and, you know, high school athletes and, and not even coaching football right now um, to to be involved in what my kids are doing. But it's been super rewarding, you know, just watching the kids grow. There were about there were about six there were a couple kids from Mason's seven-year-old team that came up, and just to watch that growth with the bigger field, them starting to compete a little bit, to body up a little bit, it, it was super cool, man. It, it was super rewarding. It was super cool to get to know the kids, and you know, parents give you a little gift card, and they pat you on the back, and they say nice things to you. And, um, and from a military perspective, that's also interesting too, because they're like, man, it's just it sucks to finally get a good coach. And then we got to move somewhere else and not know what we're going to get next year. So, uh, <laughs> That's awesome. It was a it was a cool end of the season, but bittersweet for sure. Yeah, that's. A, I know I'm excited for my basketball team this year because I got um, we were playing in the eighth grade level now and uh, cool bunch of talented kids and a lot of them matured and man we've got some these two kids are so fast it's nice. unbelievable. I actually had to tell them that they need to slow down during the plays because they just ran right by them. The kids would pass the ball and would end up, you know, five feet behind them. Are there any carryovers <laughs> from um, when I was there? Um, yeah, yeah. There, there's yeah, a lot of them. Oh, very cool. That out of that third. I think every year? single one of them, except for two. Very cool. We'll, we'll yeah. Sweet. Well, sweet man. Um, we'll get them going. We'll have to come check a game out. Yeah, that'd be that'll be fun. Yeah, Titus's soccer team they they were undefeated this year. Nice. Titus scored one to two goals every game. I mean, he had a phenomenal year. Um, he's super aggressive. So that's what you need. I just love watching the kids play, man. It's and, cool. and and just coaching. I mean, on your standpoint with those kids at that age, it's so fun because like you've talked about and posted, it's like when it clicks, it's just it's amazing. It's cool, and every now and then they have a moment. Like there was a yeah. There's a couple. There was a cool moment where I remember a kid kind of pushed our kid, not like pushed in a fight way, but like you know they're playing fighting for the ball. Yeah, and it's cool to watch our kid kind of do a drill 
you know, sink his hips and box a guy out and, you know, keep his hands close and pivot. And the other kid ends up going down and, you know, we get a nice little run out of it. So it's cool, man. It's cool. So um, hopefully, though, not that, you know, it'd be cool to continue to watch it progress and and see what happens. So um, well, hopefully you dads out there. Maybe we're inspiring you a little bit to, even if you don't, for example, I didn't know a dang thing about soccer. Uh, I just wanted to coach my kid, and um, we figured it out. I ended up coaching soccer at this level a lot like you would coach basketball. We just kind of did a weave with our feet and did some things. But I would say um, I would say if you're on the fence about being involved with coaching your kid and whether you're busy um, or you don't think you're good enough, I would say just start and um, enjoy it. And do it for fun. I think you'll. I think you'll see at the end of that trip, it's super rewarding. Yeah, absolutely. Or even just become an assistant coach. Yeah, help the guy. And, and a coach can. I mean, they can have three to four assistant coaches. I mean, it, it, it helps out because then you can split up your practices a little bit too, and kids aren't just standing around. So that's it. Any volunteering would be great. Get in there. Get in yeah. there. Yeah, well, it's so rewarding. Well, sweet man. Well, um, we're not going to coach you. We're not going to talk youth soccer and um, <laughs> communicating with your wife all day. Um, but um, I did want to get into something because, again, one of the other things that's thrown a loop into our routine here is we probably had we probably had a few weeks where you know hunting was just on the back burner. But as we transition closer to late season, you know, I've been wanting to shoot the bow more. I've been wanting to. Um, I've been wanting to read a little bit more and do a little bit of research and, um, I'm kind of nerding out on just late season, um, and how different it can be. And to be honest, I'm actually a little excited for it because it seems like once, if we do locate animals and get into them, I really like the, I really like the spot and stalk aspect of what late season seems to be. Um, with the bow, so I'm pumped up about that. But what I want to start off with first, Jeremy, is what I'm not excited about, and it just seems <laughs> the the weather can be super interesting late season, in particular here. You know, each region has their quirks, um, but here in Western Washington, um, between the wet and the cold and the wind and the who knows what the heck's going to happen, um, it truly can be a landscape of chaos. Um, oh yeah, as you as you approach that, you got any um. Whether whether we want to talk maybe gear in the beginning or um, mental toughness or, you know, what's the best way to prepare for something that is really almost impossible to prepare for? You know, really, it's just your layers and, and your rain gear and your, and your feet, you know. You want to take care of your – you want to get boots that are going to keep you dry and rain gear that's going to keep you dry. And I'm going to tell you what, it will be tested. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have never been in such gnarly storms. I mean, two years ago, I walked out there and I just bought some new rain gear and I am all excited. And this storm came in and I bet you it dumped, which, which is very rare on um, Western Washington, but it probably dumped an inch and a half, two inches in four hours. Mm. And it tested the rain gear and the rain gear failed. I hear you. Now, so, was it just... Um... Was the rain gear? I'm trying to. I want to ask this question the right way. Um, was it something okay. particular about the rain gear? I mean, was it light? It was the lower end. Okay. So it was. You, you know, typically the rain gear will have companies will come out with three different kinds of rain gear. This one was on the very lower end. I, did, you know, I got it for super reasonable price, thirty or forty percent off, and then. Um, the brush was really thick, so I was constantly pushing up against stuff, and then plus it just. 
Dude, it, it came down so hard. I mean, the visibility was like 80 yards, if that, which brings in all of its own challenges, too, because you get turned around down in these um, draws, big timber areas. So Now, you were that, that rain gear you were running was the Kuyu, that Pel, Peloton, or what was that one? The It's the jacket. The first one? Yeah, the, it's, that's the jacket that I'll... It's like a windbreaker style. It's yeah, pretty, it's, it's pretty... Just, it's light. It, it's light. It would be more for, um, I would only use that one really for summertime. Well, no, that's when I use it. I have that yeah. jacket. Um, and I've experienced the same thing that first hunting season. That was my jacket out there. Um, and then going up the, going up the second tier was just, it's just heavier. I just don't think it could absorb it. You know, it, I just don't think it could, I don't think it could withstand the, the punishment. Um, no, no, it was just a light. It's almost like a light windbreaker. What I think that that jacket's better for. What I found that's happy about that jacket is it's a good wind deterrent more than it's a, a rain jacket. To be honest with you, I mean, um, it, it. I found that on the top of a layering system on a windy day, that will be enough to to keep me at, to keep the wind from kicking my ass. To be honest with yeah, you, yeah, and and light rain, it was great. I mean, yeah. it. it it, it withstood some good rainstorms in the in the early season, but that late season when it came down, it was yeah. it was game over. And QU stepped up and gave me all my money back, and then I ended up um, getting the Chuck Tog or whatever it is. I know How, these names these guys come up with. They're, are they naming them after tongue twisters, man? <laughs> yeah, but I have that second tier too, and I've I've had good success with that. It's got. It's got some a couple more things on it that that help you keep things out and some more um, options, I guess, in terms of drawstrings here and different hood options there. And it is definitely a little thicker. Um, and, and the other thing I think about that gear that I'm going to work on this year is just reconditioning it. I mean, especially that 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 outer shell. In the beginning, I thought, man, I don't want to wash it, and because I don't yeah. want to screw up um, what's I don't want to screw up the properties that are keeping it. Um, as a rain deterrent, but facts are you do have to wash that. So if you're not washing your rain gear, make sure you do that. And um, I know in the past you have used um, what do you use to condition your gear? Nick wax. Nick wax. And then this year um, I'm going with um, I'm going with what uh, Kuyu recommends. Uh, Granger, I believe. I sent you the. I sent you yeah, the conditioner. Yeah. So, but I think that's just making sure you you know. I guess you found out the hard way in the field that maybe you have the wrong gear for that time of season. Yeah, exactly. And that's what you just got to prepare for and then just have your layers and then have a backup set of clothes and then have another backup set of clothes so that you have three pairs going out there so that you're dry in the afternoon and (laughs) I'm just kidding you, but you do, I mean, you never know what weather you're going to get and you want to have, you know, your on X maps or on your phone, um, your app and then, or some other kind of GPS or a map or, you know, just a handheld map if you don't have those. Cause you can get really turned around because sometimes the fog comes in there and it's so thick you're, you don't even know where you're at. Yeah. Cause well, and that's the thing, like there's a couple things you don't want to happen. Like you don't want to be wet. You don't want to be cold. You don't want to be tired. You don't want to be hungry and you don't want to be lost and right. you don't want to not see animals. Right. But exactly. So when all six of those things happen, Things get pretty messy, right? And, so. it, and it does. <laughs> <laughs> and, I mean, it, it, and it can come like, 
you know, it's a good dark day. It's beautiful and it's, it's semi foggy. It's coming in and out. And then all of a sudden within the, you know, the switch of a, of, of, of a switch, it, it's ugly. Sure. It comes down, it's pouring. You got to find a tree. You hug up against it as long as you can. And then, but it shouldn't deter you because the animals are going to be there. They're in the same elements. So you just got to kind of push and keep still. I find it the best still hunting is when you're doing it in that kind of rain because uh, they're not going to hear you. That's right. And that that's the one thing that is Coming happy in. about it when it's nice and moist out there. So is the ground and you can actually you can actually sort out how to move quietly without um you know, when it you know, sometimes uh early or late early season, you know, when you're approaching fall, it's just you know, those beautiful blue days where it's good dry and great weather. It's so it's so damn crunchy, right? You yeah. Know, how do you move quiet? You know, how do you get through the brush? Um that that can be pretty tough. Um I'll tell you one thing I do. You were teasing about bringing extra clothes. One thing I've always been in the habit of is really taking care of my feet and always having. I'll I'll pick like however many days we're going to be out there and like triple the socks, and I always make sure that I have good warm wool socks, like pretty 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 nice. So, um, and um, this year in particular, you know, going with a boot, you know, because to be honest, where we are, it doesn't seem like cold temperature is really the issue. Because it just, I haven't been cold. Like, it just hasn't happened. Even going late season um, before, it's just, I just don't get cold. Um, So I don't have a heavy boot, but I really focus on a boot that um, is going to keep me dry. So I'm hoping, and I've been wearing them out at soccer practice, um, especially on these wet days. But, you know, I've, uh, the wife got me the, the new UH Hunt. A CH1 GTX boot, so I'm interested, but I'm I'm kind of nervous if it gets really cold. If we get a really cold, if we get a nasty cold snap going through there, um, the boot seems super good at deterring um, wet. But I'm interested to see. I'm half interested to see what happens if it gets really cold. But um, oh right, yeah. But I'm, I'm hoping I'm hoping I can beef that up with a, a particular heavy sock. So um, uh, I'll load up sock wise. And um, find the biggest, nastiest, heaviest sock I can stuff in that thing. Um, but but I am pumped about it uh, in terms of how it keeps me dry. We've had some pretty, we've had some slob knockers, um, uh, soccer wise, and um, uh, I've stood into I've stood into some big puddles and tried to saturate the boot, and it seems pretty good at keeping weather out. So I think my feet will stay dry. I'm just interested um, in what's going to happen if it's cold, and if anyone's listening, if they've been out and. Um, some late season hunts in this boot, and I'm, I'm I'm interested in how it holds up to extreme cold. Yeah, I'm trying to Google it right now. Um, yeah, and on the sock side of the world, you know, I've been working with Ellsworth socks, and they just now um, came out, or it's in beta test, and I'll be getting a couple pairs. I'll get you one pair, but they're a, a cold weather extreme sock, and wow. so they're a compression sock that goes up past your calf and. Um, it's an amazing merino wool with patent technology um, as far as keeping the moisture out of your feet. They kind of have a complete different apo- approach on how your foot dries during the day and how when it get moisture gets in there and stuff like that. So there's going to be a lot more coming out with that. Is that the sock that you're showing me that's got like the channels in it that will help air yep. circulate around it and do some other things? Yeah, it's got a V-channel, and inside that V-channel, what it allows at the bottom of your foot, it allows the vapors because your foot's going to 
the moisture turns into a vapor before it actually turns into, or the perspiration turns into a vapor before it turns into a liquid. Yep. So the idea is that the liquid goes into the, um, the core of the sock or the, the knit, and then it goes into these V channels, the vapor does, and goes around your foot and then out the top of your foot. Nice. And, and now, yeah, and then they've done thermal imaging and, um, it's, they've against the leading, the other leading sock in the industry and the Ellsworth sock was 60% drier at the end of a workout than the other leading sock in the industry. So not only does it keep moisture out of the sock from the outside, if you're sweating on the inside, it will, um, it'll leach it out. It leaches it out. Even if you get your feet get wet, That's you know, awesome. you're, cause you're that heat is it's kind of making the liquid and everything turn back into vapor. So it's going into vapor in and out, in and out. Then it goes up this V channel and up your foot. Well, let me... Yesterday I wore them cause I got my new Kinetrex. And so I'm wearing the Ellsworth socks for my uh, early season. And when I got done at the end of the day, after being outside for three or four hours, I, you know, sweating my butt off, I brought, brought the socks in the bottom half of the socks where the V channel was, was completely dry, dry. And the top of the socks had a little bit of moisture on. So it was working. doing its job of getting everything up and out. So and out and it's all Merino wool. And, uh, it's a, it's, it, I'll tell you what, when we were up hunting this year and I was testing them out every day, I couldn't wait to put my Ellsworth socks on. Well, it was an experience. They were so comfortable. Well, and it seems like that would make the most sense if that's the direction. If you could direct the moisture to do that, I mean, because that's where the the boot's going to be able to let things. You're not going to let it. It's not going to be able to come out the bottom. It seems. It seems it makes a lot of sense. And for all you naysayers out there who are like, uh, "Oh, you, it's just socks." Listen, man, people can nerd out on a lot of stuff. I'm not. If 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 I can spend three hours learning how to pour milk from a belly dancer. I'm sure there's some maniac out there who's <laughs> trying to sort out like the best way to knit a sock to keep your feet dry and warm. Like don't uh, don't knock it till you try it. I mean there that's what's really cool. Like whether I've gone like to like a listen, I was part of a hair show one time where I got made over on stage and to sit back there for 4 hours and hear these people talk about the intricacies of cutting hair it was amazing and then yesterday this latte broad just this is milk science this is what you're looking for and then it it's no surprise to me that there's some crazy person out there who's obsessed with socks and to be honest what a good thing to be obsessed about because like what what ruins a hunt first i mean your turkey hunt i mean when Old you had feet. those yeah when you cold feet blisters on your feet um wet feet i mean that there was a there was a crazy story on the remy warren cutting the distance podcast where this guy had these like he he went out on like an early season archery hunt with insulated boots he got a new pair of insulated boots for the hunt and long story short because he never took his boots off he he almost gave himself gangrene just because he wore his boots for like 10 days straight and his feet started Jeez. to rot and stink so Man, your feet are important. Um, tell, tell your boys at Ellsworth about my little experiment trying to take a a, a light boot out for early season. Um, I, I need I need some warm insulation in between. So uh, I, I yeah for sure I'm I would be game to beta test. Here. Well, yeah, because these are in in beta. Um, he so Ellsworth sells primarily ninety eight percent of their businesses to special ops, 
And um, they're just now going to start here, I'm hoping at the beginning of the year, jumping into um, the hunting industry. Cool. Because foot care, I mean, like you're saying, it's it's on the top of the list. It should be on the top of the list because you're on them all day long. So why not have them be comfortable, get that sweat out of there, yeah. get, you know, get um Well, and, so. and think about it. If your hands get cold, you bury them in your pants, right? If your mm-hmm. ears get cold, you put a hat on and, you know, you tucker up, you know, you get a fire going, but, but dang it, you know, um, if your feet get miserable, you're in trouble. I mean, oh, absolutely. You know, what do you, you're going to tell me on the negative degree day, you're going to take your feet off, you're going to take your boots off and warm them, you know, by a fire. I mean, that's, that's going to be kind of tough, you know, so you need something that's going to, you need, you need to work it out. That's cool, man. No, I think that's fired up, man. Um, well, and the other beautiful thing I'm sitting here selling Ellsworth here today <laughs> is that it's all made in America. 100%. Oh, very cool. So it's all knit here and then it's merino wool. It's all sort of, I mean, sweet. These, they're unbelievable socks. We'll check them out. Well, um, well, keep keep working your buddies. Let's get this beta test going. I'm going to put a little pressure <laughs> yeah. on you. I'm going to put a little pressure on you now. When I hear extreme cold weather sock beta test i'm like i'm the i'm the i'm the i need to test this you, sock <laughs> you'll be the one right especially with those boots yeah because they are like i said they're the, not the boots are a little light you know what i mean i really do think they are so i'm interested so i'm really i have been on this kind of sock kick to kind of be feel like okay i think with this lighter boot i if i pair it with the right sock i think i'll be okay what but was the name of those boots again it's the under oh. it's the under armor um it's the cameron haynes boot it's the under armor ch1 gtx it's just um I, I I love the boot. I mean, like I said, I've been coaching soccer in it. I've been breaking it in really good. It wears like a sneaker. Um, it's lightweight. Um, it's got great ankle support. And to be honest, I was skeptical about the BOA system, but um, it seems to be hanging in there. I mean, I've been I've been doing my best with soccer and and hiking and running to tear this boot up, and um, it seems pretty durable. I think the only thing I'm scared about is it. It seems a little light in terms of i mean i don't th- it's not insulated um but to be honest I, I, out here in western washington i've never been cold and to be honest i'm like i sweat a lot and a lot of that i've pulled socks out of my boots on a dry day where they're wet and i i lose moisture there so to be honest and i've also heard horror stories about you know sometimes with a heavy insulated boot on a cold day you can get that if you're moving a lot that moisture can develop in there and it doesn't you end up sweating in your boot and then getting yeah. cold on the back end so you know and that's the thing about late season right you're always playing this i'm trying to explain to kids at school you know we were out there on a 50 degree day running the mile and i'm like kids this is the perfect day to run the mile if you pair your intensity if you if you work out right you're not going to lose energy and you can go harder you're not going to sweat your body regulates itself and they're out there with their hands in their armpits like little babies yeah like, yeah but that's what's that's what you do right between your layering system and and your effort i mean you can sort out you can kind of sort out um, between your effort level and, and regulate some things. So I'm interested. I'm I'm going to be doing a little bit of experimenting um, to sort it out. And you know, this time next year, if I'm buying, you know, an 800, if I'm buying a, um, you know, 800 gram insulated boot, we know what happened. So we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> I always stick, and I've told you, I've, I've talked about this in our our foot, our shoe, or boot um, podcast. Is I always run 400 mil. It's just it's been a perfect in between in the summertime you know i sweat a little bit um, well quite a bit but 
in the winter time, it's it's a fine in between because then sometimes my feet are a little bit cold. But I've never ran true merino wool socks, and I'm really interested in seeing what happens with these Ellsworths this this late season. Because the first season, my feet never ever once got cold. Yeah, which was pretty amazing because usually my feet kind of you know like you're saying you're battling at that in between, and with all the rain and everything we got, and then my boots leaking a little bit. I mean, it wasn't much, but. Yeah, I've never not worn. Um, I've never not worn uh, merino wool socks, and I'll 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 do a synthetic blend a little bit, um, but um, not wool socks are the way I go. It's just it's even when they get a little bit wet, they seem to at least keep you warm a bit. So um, yeah, super interesting. But yeah, so we'll see. I mean, we'll see what happens. But you gotta you gotta prepare for the elements. Um, and and I think. I think you can only prepare so much. You got to get out there and test things and figure out what's going to work for you. But and and there is a little bit of um, there's a little bit of uh, there's a little bit of risk in that, right? And um, so we'll we'll see what, we'll see what happens. Is there anything is there anything you're going to change in your setup this year? Um, that that got you a little got you a little interested in what's going to happen or a new piece of gear that you might be working on late season? Or are you pretty dialed in with with um, old standards? I'm pretty dialed in with old standards. I've hunted so much in this rain and um, this type of atmosphere that I've kind of got it down. Um, the only change, thing I'm changing is I'll have those um, extreme weather socks by Ellsworth. But other Very than cool. that, um, yeah, I think the only other thing you have to really work on is that mental toughness. Because when you're driving up and you got your cup of coffee in there, <clears throat> that experience that you're talking about, your cup of joe, and you get up there and it is pouring down rain and you go... I got to get out and push the brush. Yeah, it's a, nah, five more minutes. Yeah, ten more minutes. <laughs> get out the get out the truck. Fifteen more. You know, <laughs> you can sit there and talk yourself out of it. Really. Yeah. <clears throat> well, I'm just going to drive around and do some road hunting. Yeah. But the only way you're going to really find the elk is jumping in the timber or watching some, um, you know, hitting the bottom of all those clear cuts. So. Yeah. <clears throat> Well, again, and, and not to not to, I'll, I'll keep. That's one of the reasons I went with this boot. They're they're light. You can do some things. They seem pretty mobile, um, and they, they have they they they're they're grippy as all get out. But to be honest with you, all that being said, you know, even in the aspect of mental toughness, that that's where that's where you can do things around training. I think you can breed that. Rather, if you have, you know, if you if you put weak, soft feet into a strong boot, eventually the foot's going to break down too. So, um, you know, I'll do little things like again, walking around barefoot to build some mental toughness. And I'll tell you one thing I do that's stupid or some people might think is dumb, but when I get done training in the morning and I take my shower before I get out the house, um, I'll, I'll pipe that thing on cold water before I get out. And there's some interesting stuff going on with cold water and, you know, you're only going to get so cold in your shower. But to me, um, more than any science behind it or breathing technique I might do when I get out of the shower, but that's just hitting the tough button. You know, how long can I sit in this cold water before I have to get out? And I try to go a little longer each time. And right now I'm up, I'm up to about 90 seconds where I'll just put that on as cold as I can go. And I just bury myself in that mess. And, um, again that that's how i'm i'm working it out you know and i think we talked about it too before on way early back about how people just you know we're all in these air-conditioned environments these insulated cars and, and we 
you know, we're just not exposed to the elements. No, we're we're too reliant on our modern conveniences. Yeah. I mean, before you'd have to get out of your car, you know, you'd have, or you if you wanted to buy a pair of shoes, you had to go to the store, which means you had to drive, get in your <laughs> car, you had to go outside, you had to, you know, there's all these things. Now you could just do it from sitting in your room. Well, that creates all these other habits. I mean, even with yard work, you know, and we've talked about it so many times, just getting up and moving. It, yeah. We're getting further and further away from that. That's it. It's crazy. So, so you know, expose yourself to something to breed that mental toughness. You know, I don't know. I mean, maybe it's a mental toughness challenge. I don't know. I don't know how you, you know, I, just through training, you do it. Um, you know, in, in, in the garage, if you have, or the gym, you can do it by, you know, getting an extra rep, maybe increasing the load, um, running a little further uh, in lifestyle. You know, I think it's just maybe, you know, maybe try fasting a little bit, you know, don't eat as much, you know, and see how you handle hunger and, and can you be active when you are hungry and, and, you know, maybe even going with that idea of taking a cold shower once in a while. But, you know, I guess... Dude, changing a- your diet, I think, is a huge one, to be honest with you, because I've changed my diet in the last two weeks, yeah. Joe, and I've had never had as much energy as I have now for, shoot, it's been seven, eight years, because I'm a pretty wiry guy as it is, and now I'm, I've got, like, so much energy, and I'm not trying to talk myself out of doing anything, because I cannot sit there and do just sit there anymore. I have to get out and move around and, and it's all because of my eating habits have changed. I mean, I take a nap every single day when I'm at home. I've tried to take a nap in the last week and I can't fall asleep. <laughs> Very good. What did you, um, um, what did you do? You know, I went to more of a, so before, you know, when I travel a lot, I eat just crappy foods. So when I got back this last trip, for seven days, I was like, man, I need to try something different. So I just started introducing, I try to introduce three to 50 different kinds of foods a week into my system. So which that would mean I, I'm eating more greens now where I didn't before I'd eat a lot more protein. Okay. So I tried to switch the balance to like a, a 40, 30, 30. So 40% of my calorie intake is from protein, 30% carbohydrates, and then the other 30% in fat. And, um, I started eating a new shake that I, I I had years ago, a protein shake in the morning, and then I eat like salads and greens and uh, fermented foods and uh, all sorts of stuff, and and I'm not eating as much. And um, yeah, it's pretty amazing because before my diet was basically I'd eat peanuts and it was pretty much <laughs> the same thing without as many vegetables. So I more introduced more vegetables more fermented foods, the blue cheese, yogurts, all that other stuff. Okay. And uh yeah, dude, it's it's crazy. So you're you're going more towards just eating um you're getting more you're just eating more food it sounds like. I'm just trying well, I'm a variety of food. I'm gotcha. not eating more food as in consumption wise, but I'm adding more variety. So what I'm just building is trying to build my gut to where it's it's doing what it's supposed to do before I think I was poisoning my gut sure. and not getting it all the stuff that it needs to do. Because, you know, there's like, what, a million? You know more of this than I do. Um, but there's Millions way underselling it, brother. There's a lot going on in that belly. Was, we, we, we've been doing a, um, 
we've been talking microbes in health class because we were ta- doing this little d- disease prevention unit and uh, uh-huh. the microbe situation came up. No, I think some folks, they don't know a lot what's going on in there, but they, they are, they're pretty, one thing I've heard is there's maybe more species of bacteria in your guts than there are in total species living on this planet. So there's a lot going on there. And the that's more, what they're saying. There's like a million, the more they dive into it, there's, um, there's just some guys have taken it so far to say that, um, our human bodies are just avatars for those for those bacteria over millions of years of evolution. You know, so that's one frame of thought. I don't know if I buy all that, but you know, it's super interesting. Um, it is interesting because I tell you what, I did it, and it has changed my life good. significantly. Well, keep on it, brother. I like. Oh, it. Oh, I will. <laughs> now the challenge is when I travel. Right now, I'm going to have to. Well, I would tell you one thing. Discipline. To, one thing to even try with that, because I think this, and again, I think where this sits, sits into the conversation, it's not a real rabbit hole as much as like, if you can, you can be mentally tough if you are tough, and you'll be more tough if you raise the minimums and you're in shape. If you if you go out into the woods sick, sorry, and and diminished, well, you're not going to have a lot of longevity, and you're going to be itching to go back to the truck and warm up. But if you go out there with some resiliency and some strength and, and some good habits and you've tested yourself and you have confidence, you'll, you'll, you'll do the extra mile and you won't be afraid to, to go further and, and try harder and, and to just suck it up. But it, it, it's no, I don't think it's, I don't think it, I don't think being tough or developing mental toughness is, uh, I don't think that happens by accident. I think that- no, it's all it's all attitude, and to yeah. have a good positive attitude, you have to have good health. I mean, yeah. if you sit there and eat crappy food all the time, you're going to be in a pissy mood all the time, and you're going to have a bad attitude, and you're just going to think of all the negative yeah, well, aspects even, of the, everything. Even at best, you'll be all over the place, right? Yeah, you'll you'll have mood swings, right? Kind of again. I'm pretty, I'm pretty, I'm pretty chill. I'm pretty laid back. But uh, this morning, you know, having an interesting night diet wise and, you know, getting overly caffeinated before bed, you know, I was a little squirrely in the morning, you know, but luckily, <laughs> luckily I leaned on good <laughs> habits and knew what happened. I know, I know when the, I know when the day unfolds happily and it's not when it starts with, you know, my wife running 13 miles in the cold wet by herself. Right. So uh, right. we worked that out, but, um, but no, I think it's cool. I would, I would, I would, you know, as much as you grow things, I think you should try something. You should grow some cabbage. And I think the thing you should add to this little thing of yours is you should, if you're willing to go out there and try and make your own wine, you should try and, um, you should try and start making your own sauerkraut. I think if you're, if you're into this gut stuff, um, eating some fermented vegetables would be a cool thing to add to your diet. Right now I have, um, I have a cool, I have a cool batch of purple kraut brewing, and I have a kimchi, I have a kimchi style kraut um, brewing as well, um, and that's something that's always working in the house. My girls love it. Um, I, I'm a, I'll, I'll hammer greens. I like to eat greens, but uh, my favorite vegetables to eat um, are fermented vegetables. They, on your plate too. If you, if you do fancy yourself somebody who eats a lot of like meats. I like the fermented vegetables because they will, they're not, they'll cut the flavor. You know, when you got this salty, um, rich piece of, you know, let's say you take a big ribeye, it's all, you know, a lot of fat. You throw, I'll throw a stick of butter on top of my ribeye with a bunch of salt and, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty robust. Um, and sometimes cutting that 
um, with just uh, a little pile of sauerkraut or kimchi um, has been really good. Not to mention, you know, I've like you, I've noticed when I eat those vegetables, um, things seem to regulate pretty well. Um, yeah, in my belly. It's amazing, dude. Yeah, it's cool. Well, cool, man. You know, and what sparked it all is I, I was at the library and I was picking out some books and I looked over and it said, new book, and it's called Peak. And mm. it talks about, um, it, it, the, <clears throat> the book is Peak, but the heading is The New Science of Athletic Performance That Is Revolutionizing Sports. So he really, tied, he really hammers home the health, nutrition, recovery, and mindset of extreme athletes. And the book just came out in July, and it's a phenomenal book. Very cool. Now I'm looking at it right now on the Amazon. Might be one to check out. Well, cool, man. I so, did. Yeah. How about this? From the library. Yeah. How about this? We got a. <laughs> we saved your marriage, folks. You know, as we as we after action review this, uh, we saved your marriage. Yeah. Uh, we gave you some gear recommendations, and we talk a little about mental toughness, and even at the end, um, a little dip dive into uh, some nutritional aspects. So, uh, eat your fermented vegetables, um, test your gear, um, make your life harder so you can hunt harder, and then, um, you know, uh, compromise with the old lady, and I think you'll be all right. Um, <laughs> yeah, and don't be scared. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Well, very cool, um, Jeremy. As I uh, as I review the cast quickly and efficiently, there. Um, any closing thoughts? Um, anything? Um, anything to get off your chest um, that, that that you think would, would fit into this conversation? Of like, I, we kind of we kind of covered a little bit of everything tonight today in terms yeah, of what did. to do with uh, with late season or gear testing. I thought it was a good show. Yeah, my thing is. Um if you haven't picked up your bow yet, late season here in Washington yeah. starts on the 24th. You better do so because it usually takes about three or five times to get back in the groove. So um, get out there and shoot, and it's a good time to test your mental toughness because I believe the forecast is three days of rain, and then it's going to get nice. But get out there in this ugly crap and shoot your bow. Yeah, I did it last weekend. Um, I've been doing it as more as I can, and even sending you that funny text, like it, it, it's interesting to – as you dial in that routine when you forget it you don't know what you're not going to remember until you actually start to exactly. go through the rep so um yeah get your bow um you owe it to the animal to hit it in the right spot i'll tell you that um so that'll be that i week. agree and then you might as well shoot straight that way you can have something to put in your freezer because <laughs> if you don't that's yeah. right yeah, i'll tell you that you know <laughs> it's always you know my wife laughs but you know i've been making chili with um by the way thank you pat uh, we, you know, we did that, we did the elk, elk, Kansas whitetail trade with Pat uh, when he was yeah. going through town. So, um, I made, I made some chili, um, actually made some, uh, we did some tacos with the, um, with some of the elk meat and we've been cooking with that. And, um, the more I cook with it, the more the wife keeps saying, Hmm, that deer's good. Hmm. I think I like elk. You know what I mean? So um, yeah. in that aspect, just getting her on board in that, I think is going to also get me some more time in the woods the more I can do it. So um, keep it going, folks. Um, uh, this show is certainly fun for uh, Jeremy and I to record and, and to kind of shoot it back and forth between us so we can be better. Hopefully we're helping you get better. And um, if we are, let us know. Um, and um, thank you very much. And Jeremy, thank you, sir, for another great episode. Now, thank you, Joe. God bless America. Get it, guys.